Welcome to the Well Aware Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Friedman, and today we're going to speak with my very special guest, Rebecca Coxon from the Brain Spaghetti Podcast. Rebecca is the host of the Brain Spaghetti Podcast and a social worker living in the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin people in Ottawa, Canada. She lives with her partner, Mohammed, her dog, Addie, and her cat, Igor. She's also the volunteer manager for a local nonprofit that provides pet food support to low-income folks in the community. Rebecca dreams of a community where everyone belongs and feels welcome to share their gifts and skills with their neighbors. Brain Spaghetti is a podcast that has conversations about social justice and supporting communities where everyone is welcome. In the podcast, she creates a safe space and uses humor to encourage listeners to be uncomfortable, not knowing the answer, grow, and build common ground. Well, this is a kind of a unique podcast today for my Mind Over Foodies because I invited Rebecca on to tell her story about body positivity and body acceptance and how she got there. Um, I listened to Rebecca's podcast, Brain Spaghetti, on her diet, culture, body positivity series. And I just thought, wow, she would just be, she's so inspiring. And um, so welcome, Rebecca. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I really appreciate it. Oh, it is my pleasure. And I am, I'm just really excited to talk to you today. So let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about how you came to this place and a little bit about your story. Yeah. So body positivity and body neutrality, body acceptance has definitely been um, an ongoing journey for me. It continues to be an ongoing journey for me, but I kind of started to learn more about it in about 2018. Um, so I started to follow some body positivity at that time. That was the kind of key hashtag or phrase that was used in the movement. Um, I I began to follow some more plus size or mid size or however you want to refer to them, body positive influencers on social media, specifically body positive, body positive Panda. Um, So her name is Megan Crabb and she's based out of the UK. Um, And so she she wrote a really great book that I highly recommend. Um, And the name is escaping me right Ah, now. Well, we'll, Um, we'll, we will get that and we'll also put it in the notes of today's podcast. Yes, I will. Yeah. So Body Positive Panda was for sure um, a big piece in kind of diversifying my my Instagram feed. And so Instagram is kind of the primary social media I was interacting with and I was using it as a tool to help me stay accountable and help me stay motivated to lose weight. So my whole life I've been a fat person, a person (laughs) living in a bigger body. Um, I don't look at fat as a negative term. I look at it as a neutral term. I am a fat person, but I have a lot of other things that are going on in my life that are different for me being a fat person and have nothing to do with my body. Um, So that was part of my learning as well. And just, uh, yeah, what really got me there though was diversifying my, my Instagram feed. And I was starting to see like, oh, I'm equating my worth to I'm losing all this weight and getting all this recognition. So people are, are seeing me as, as better because I'm shrinking my body and I am able to lose weight. Um, and so I was connecting with other women on that basis through Instagram. And once I really began to, uh, diversify the people I was following, 
and follow more people who were really accepting their bodies and loving their bodies toward where they were at rather than waiting to start living their lives when they reach a certain weight or a certain size. Um, that's when I began to shift my mindset. And, uh, it, like I said, at, at the beginning, it's definitely not a cut and dry kind of situation. You know, some days I look in the mirror and a lot of those old diet culture kind of thoughts, um, start to creep in again. Like why have I gained so much weight during the pandemic? What can I do to decrease the number of carbs that I'm eating to help me lose weight? You know, those things that I've just been, um, we've, we've been taught from such a young age and they're just so pervasive in our society. So, um, yeah, that's kind of around, but around about what you're saying, I diversified my social media feed and that's how I really started to get into this body positivity, body neutrality, uh, body acceptance space. No, I think it's really wonderful. You said a couple of things that I really want to highlight here, which is you changed your mindset around that. And I think that's basically the theme of this podcast is about changing your mindset and the messages, the constant barrage of messages and and also these contrasting messages, these these contradicting messages that are just playing on our minds all the time where there is a body positivity message out there, but there's also this message is, oh, it's unhealthy, right? right. Yeah. Uh, which I would love to just throw that term out. And you mentioned some, you know, bos- body positivity people that you were following or, or things that you were following right. and, you know, like health at any size. I know you talked yeah. about that in your podcast Yeah. and to take away this equation of if you're overweight, then you're also must be unhealthy and how that is so sabotaging. Can you talk about how it's for you? Oh, for sure. So <laughs> yes, um, yes. I, I played varsity rugby all through university. Um, so oh, I wait, was can I just like, say before you go on with that, that <laughs> to me is the most badass thing and a little bit cray cray, yeah. you know, but <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have, um, I don't Talk know. about like mindset, I, I, right? <laughs> you you have to have to be able to like switch it on and channel a certain kind of energy. Um, everyone, warrior, I know, warrior, <laughs> yeah, has some has. They say it's a um, a barbarian sport played by gentlemen. So um, <laughs> it, the the thing that so the reason I love rugby so much is because there's so many different positions on the field for so many different body types. And there really is a position for everyone on the field. Um, so health at, as far as health at every size goes, I, like I said, my whole life, I've been living in a larger body, um, up until fairly recently, like I was still able to shop in straight size stores. So sizes that go XL or sorry, X extra small to XL. Um, but more recently I've kind of been in that gray area of, I can shop shop in straight sizing, but I can also shop in plus sizing. Um, but all through university, I was, you know, straight size. I was living in a larger body. I was an athlete. I was training six days a week, but there was still this misconception that I wasn't, I don't know, like strong or athletic or something. Um, even though, you know, I could outrun most of the varsity football players who were definitely considered athletes kind of thing. So, um, I saw that a lot in athletics for sure. Um, and I think that also carried me, it, it, it carried through into my adult years after I graduated. So, um, 
I, there was a lot of comparison there. Right. So I was like, well, my body can't do now what it could do five years ago or six years ago when I was still training every day with a professional coach and, you know, like (laughs) running five kilometers. I couldn't do that anymore. Not straight. Right. So, um, I think, uh, health at every size is something that's really helped me more recently because it helped me realize that I'm at a different place in my life. There's no point in dwelling on the past because I can get there in the future if I train and I, you know, put the effort in and I'm motivated to reach those, those goals. But, um, I think comparison is the thief of joy and we see it in so many areas of our lives and, um, health at every size is really a true testament to that because you, you don't know what someone's health status is based on their size of their body. Like they could be a varsity athlete, you know? Um, and one of the influencers who I really like online, who talks about this a lot is Meg Boggs. Um, and so she's, she's a personal trainer, I believe, but she focuses on weight training, which is kind of my preferred area of fitness. Um, and I think there's oh, a lot of conversation <laughs> around that too, right? Because I think, um, you know, especially, you know, five, 10 years ago, when women really started to get into weightlifting, there was all this conversation around strong over skinny. And I think that's like kind of damaging in itself because why can't, you know, people choose how they want to want to exercise, you know? So I think, um, health at every size for sure is very important because you don't know, you don't know what someone's, uh, health status is based on their body. I I always say that these notions of health and weight actually contribute to people who are overweight being unhealthy, not because of their weight, but because of them not wanting to go to the doctor and regularly and have the doctor say you're overweight and which I, and I'd like to encourage my listeners also, when they ask you to get on the scale at the doctor, you can refuse. And you can tell them that you don't wanna have a conversation about your weight, but you'd rather have a conversation about the other health measures in your life. And um, I find that you can speak to this if this has happened to you, but I know that we, we equate these health outcomes with weight, but they may really be about people don't wanna go and be shamed at the doctor. Yeah. Well, and for sure. I think, um, I don't have too much personal experience with that. I mean, I went to the doctor recently and my, my doctor is, I had a fabulous, I'm so grateful for universal healthcare first in Canada. Um, but also, um, my doctor for the last like 10, 15 years, she rarely mentioned my weight as a health indicator. She always talked about, um, you know, my activity level and, um, diet has always been an ongoing concern for me. So I guess that's kind of a good segue to, to talking about a little bit of my experience with diet culture in terms of nutrition. Um, but from a young age, I was like very interested in nutrition and how much food I was consuming and what I was consuming. And, um, I wanted to be a vegetarian, but I didn't really have an understanding of the different, uh, macronutrients or micronutrients macro anyways, the, the macronutrients, I think is that what you're talking like, you know, fats, protein, protein carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah. Those are the macros. The micros are the minerals and vitamins, minerals and things. Still there. Um, and no so worries, I was no very, 
<laughs> I was very interested in those things like early, um, early high school, you know, late middle school kind of thing. Um, and that was my first kind of introduction to diet culture. Like I remember being, I I've, I've been five, eight since I was probably 12 years old. And so my body's just grown around my height. Um, so I was always a, a big person. Like I was always tall for my age, I suppose. And then I kind of grew into my body as I got older. Um, but that was really damaging for my body, body image when I was young, because, you know, people are saying like, Oh, you weigh this much. I weigh this much. And those kinds of things are really, um, publicized when you're, when you're a young girl for whatever reason. So, um, I remember my first like experience or interaction with, uh, any kind of eating disorder. I was like, 14 or 13. It was very young and it was very influenced by the people around me. And those things kind of carried through where I would limit how much food I was eating or, you know, purge and binge and all these kinds of things. And just having a really poor relationship with food. And it carried through to my adult years as I became a varsity athlete. And I had all these expectations for performance for myself and, um, comparison to other athletes and things like like that. And I think, um, when I realized that I was comparing myself to other people and when I was comparing myself to my previous weight or my previous performance, that's when I was like, okay, like, why, why are you doing this? This is not helping you. And so that was another thing that really, um, switch, uh, made, flip the switch for me for sure. Um, but definitely continue to struggle with binge eating. And it's something that I'm starting to explore. And I think Andy, you and I have talked about it a little bit, but, um, I'm very interested in the idea of CBT for, for helping to manage, um, eating disorders and manage eating Mm -hmm. disorder recovery. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they're all interconnected, mind, body, spirit. It's all, it's a holistic practice, right? So, um, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's true. I mean, thank you for bringing up cognitive therapy is very helpful for those sorts of things. And actually we could do a whole, you know, other podcast just on that, just on CBT and eating disorders and relationship with food other than like the kind of coaching that I do, which is just helping people make the choices that they want to make and seeing what's sabotaging those choices. But you said a couple of things that, um, especially this one, which I really love, and I want to bring that to the front again, which is comparison is the thief of joy. That is so beautiful. That is so beautifully put and so true. And it, and it feeds into those unrealistic beauty standards that are we are bombarded with, and especially young girls. I mean, if you yeah. could go back and tell your 12-year-old self, right, that, you know, none of that matters, it's not even real, you know, it's it's all fake, and, and that that doesn't mean that you're not beautiful if you don't look like that. Um, well, and the thing for me is it's, I, I'm very interested in social justice work and anti-oppression work. So when I realized that all of these things were created to help sell us things and promote systems of oppression and the patriarchy and capital and just all of these things, it made me like really mad. And so that helped fire me up a little bit. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about is because it's so pervasive. Um, and it's so pervasive, especially amongst young girls. Like I see it amongst my family members all the time and my, my heart hurts, but of course, what do you, 
you can't, it's, they have to learn the lesson on their own, unfortunately. Um, but I think the more that we talk about it, the, the more we realize it's, it's a thing that is impacting all of us and it's being sold to us. So they really can get our exactly. money. Exactly. It's being sold to us. And one thing I want to say about your family members is that how lucky they are to have you as a role model of somebody who's creating their best life at any size, right? That's very kind. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true, you know. And actually, I want, you know, before we wrap up, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you've come to this place of better acceptance, because that's really the key. And maybe it's a work in progress and that's okay too. You're going to have good days and bad days, just like you said. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, it really is being kind to yourself and an act of self-love to, to accept your body at any size. And, and I have those days too. I mean, we all do because we're all receiving the same bombardment. The messaging is false. The messaging is it's pervasive. Yeah, it's pervasive. But but you know, tell me how you sort of you know get there. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like you said, it's definitely um, some days are better than others, and um, diversifying my feeds helped a lot. I am the kind of person who likes to have big conversations. I, I feel like that's such a cliche. Oh, really? So we didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like it's such a cliche to say that, but um, no, I always like having these conversations with the people who are close to me. Um, and I also am a person like I, I live with, with mental illness. Right. And so I think once I started doing that work in other areas of my life around, you know, just your life is what it is. You are who you are. You can't change your, um, your neurological makeup. All you can do is kind of do things that are going to help you live your best life as it is now. So, so we talked a little bit about it before we started recording, but, um, I think that that radical self-acceptance is just so important and radical acceptance in general. I talk a lot about building inclusive communities and being very welcoming to, to everyone's gifts and skills. Um, and so I think radical acceptance for me is just, we have to accept it is what it is. Uh, and I think there is a lot of power in that statement. And again, such a cliche, but, uh, you only have one life. And I think if you spend your entire life trying to evoke massive change, you're just going to spend your whole life trying to change and you're going to so many opportunities are going to pass by you. Right. So in terms of diet culture, I think in in obsessing over shrinking your body uh, is just going to make you miss out on so many opportunities to, you know, connect with people and see things and, you know, eat really yummy food. You know, sometimes it's okay to. Yes. Yes. um, I always say like you, if, if you love it, you have to eat it, right. You have to eat it. So radical acceptance is something we use in CBT all the time. And it's so beautiful. And I love it when people kind of come there and they get it like they have that aha moment. And it's so true. And it's and it is if you keep saying, I'll do this when I'm thinner, I'll do that when I'm thinner, I'll get a boyfriend when I'm thinner. You are missing out. You are missing out. And Rebecca, I couldn't have put it better myself. That was so beautifully put. And um, 
we're definitely going to have to continue this conversation again because there's there's just so much more to unpack here. Um, well, but, we'll have to do it yeah. over on Brain Spaghetti, I guess. <laughs> I'd love to do it on yeah, Brain Spaghetti. Yeah. Oh, so so that's a great segue into Rebecca is the host of Brain Spaghetti podcast, and I really really encourage my listeners to head on over there. And even if you just start with her series on diet culture and body positivity that's that's a great place to start and you will you will be left wanting more for sure so how can um people find you if they want to listen to your podcast or just reach out to you if they want to yeah yeah you can reach out to me um via email if you want brain spaghetti podcast at gmail.com um instagram dms brain spaghetti podcast on (laughs) facebook instagram um those are my two main socials I'm on TikTok a little bit. Uh, Quebeca613, I think is my username. I'll maybe. Oh, that's so cute. That (laughs) is so cute. Yeah, my 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 nickname is Quebec. I, I live very, clo- very close to Quebec. So it's a play on the name Rebecca. Um, and you know what, man, if you live in Quebec, it's like you have to eat good food because Baby, the yeah. food is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just just across the bridge from Quebec. So technically we're not there, but close enough. Um, yeah. So Instagram, Facebook and gmail um you can stream brain spaghetti on on good pods on app itunes apple podcasts on spotify pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts you can find brain spaghetti and uh we do have a website on buzzsprout and i can i'll send that link to andy as well Hey, yeah, I'll put all these links right in the description so you can um, just click right on through and you'll get you'll get there. And I highly encourage it. Well, Rebecca, it has been a joy and a pleasure. I, you know, we're we're meeting on Zoom. And so, you know, the listeners can't see you, but I think you're adorable and your, you know, presence is infectious. Your enthusiasm is infectious. So I really highly encourage my listeners to check out Rebecca because she is awesome. So Thanks thank so much you. for having me, Andy. I love your, I love your lipstick. I've been admiring it. Oh. Our, our Zoom calls the last I'll let you know. Weeks. I'll let you, if we get off, I'll let you know the, the brand and everything. It's perfect. From the drugstore. It's from the drugstore. Oh, perfect. My favorite, my favorite. All right. Thanks so much, Andy. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, all right, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this interview with Rebecca Coxon, the host of the Brain Spaghetti Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, you never have to miss an episode. Please like and subscribe to the WellAware Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or any other favorite podcast streaming service. please visit my webpage at mindoverfood.com or email me at andy at mindoverfood.com. You can also like and follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash wellawarepodcast. And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'm your host, Andy Friedman. Keep an ear out for more of the Well Aware podcast coming soon.